You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome, Welcome to, to Adventures, Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. Uh, we, we are... We are Groot. No, we are tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con happened. Uh, we I were there. I feel like we're just doing this a week, though. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, right on the heels of, of New York Toy Fair, we were back at the Javits Center uh, for New York Comic Con. And um, much like we've done for uh, Comic Con's past, on uh, toy events past we have some fun interviews uh or yeah multiple yeah we have fun interviews for you guys we to have hear. Fun. um one your is a bunch of familiar well actually i think they to you guys they should all be familiar uh voices we have the marvel legends team uh dan ryan you should be listening to familiar faces all of you <laughs> dan dan ryan and dwight and we're we're gonna be talking all things giant man uh has lab with them shortly and then uh after that or i don't know what order they're going to be in actually we'll figure that out momentarily but we're we're also you're also going to hear from uh from russ uh aka uh Shardimus prime as we talk about street humans but before we get to all of that uh we're going to talk a little bit about just our our comic-con experience some things that we saw that we really liked uh we could even talk about some things that maybe we didn't like <laughs> Because <laughs> I can I can bring up a couple of things that I think uh, Dave might expound upon uh, his 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 not so favorite parts of of Comic Con. Um, maybe we'll see. Uh, but the other the other thing too, just kind of we mentioned Toy Fair briefly during Comic Con. There was actually some Toy Fair news. Uh, yeah. So you know if you're following us on on social, which uh, Dave, how how do they go about following us on the socials? Um, oh, you go to at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Um, smash those follows, hit those likes, subscribe. I think, I don't know if you can subscribe to TikTok. I, I've never been on it. Um, and then go to YouTube and hit that subscribe button and 
hit the bell to find out when new videos are coming and help the algorithm download and share and tell everyone. And actually, um, while we're talking about subscribing to things, you can actually subscribe to us now on Instagram. Um, it's 99 cents a month. And once we have subscribers right now, we have no subscribers because we've never advertised that we can do subscriptions. Uh, once we have subscribers, we'll do like behind the scenes stuff. So if you pay 99 cents a month, you get to see just kind of like a peek behind the curtain maybe. And then we'll see as things develop. If we get more subscribers, we'll do more fun stuff for subscribers. But in the meantime, uh, you'll get access to an exclusive channel on Instagram uh, and then you'll you'll also get some behind the scenes goodies. But uh, yeah, uh, back to that New York Toy Fair news. Um, New York Toy Fair is staying in uh, in in old New York. Uh, the news was that uh, that that Toy Fair was taking a year off, so it would be there'd be no Toy Fair in 2024. And then in 2025, it would be returning to New York for like one last uh, hurrah at the Javits Center, uh, which. It's still doing in in March of 2025. So it's like March 1st, I believe. Um, and then the plan was for 2026, 2027, and 2028, they would be doing events uh, in February in New Orleans. Um, I think it's uh, it, it's been made kind of obvious that the industry was not happy with that decision in terms of uh, just kind of... Nothing, nothing against the wonderful uh, Big Easy, the city that never sleeps, the whole, the heart of of jazz. Uh, New York's the city that never sleeps. I guess both cities don't sleep. Yeah, I, I especially during certain times of the month, uh, especially if you're down there for Mardi Gras, right? Um, well, certain times of the year, then. Yeah, yeah, certain times of the year. Yeah. Um, um, Mardi Gras is not monthly. No, no, Mardi Gras. I, it's I, I almost called it Carnival. I think. That's like Brazil. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's a little bit difficult to travel to. The weather can be a little little more, you know, not that it's un- not unpredictable in New York, but, um, you know, the weather can be a little more violent, one would say, in that part of the country. Uh, and again, you know, and, and just in terms of travel, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult for the international folks to fly into very easily, whereas, you know, of course, New York City is a hub. So um, the the New Orleans experiment has come to a very very abrupt end, <laughs> um, and we are looking at a return to uh, to the the old ways, as it were. In twenty twenty six, New York Toy Fair will be back in New York, and it will be February fifteenth, uh, from from my understanding. So uh, you know, if if you want to read more about it, you can you can go to thetoybook.com. And uh, and read the article all about it. They have the scoop, but uh, but yeah. So you know, long story short, uh, New York Toy Fair staying in New York, going back to February. Uh, so we're not going to have this weirdness of having two very massive toy centric events uh, within <laughs> within two weeks of each other. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel like many bodies were not ready for that. No, and I mean, you could honestly like. So first of all general reaction to New York Comic Con. Um Dave, you did not get to go last year. You were you were on the bench uh with a with a broken leg. Um with a broken freaking leg. Uh so I, I did I did three days of Comic Con last year. 
by my lonesome. Um, and boy, uh, it was, it was like, I would say 30 to 40% more empty last year, uh, than it was this year. It was crowded. Uh, thank goodness I did not have to have to do it this year alone. I probably would have quit, uh, (laughs) by Friday. Um, yeah, it was packed. It was, it was back to being the way that kind of like, I, I guess I remember, uh, Comic-Con being, you know, like it was my first first one in like almost a decade yeah um well the also too this was only your second time um toy fair doesn't doesn't take up as much of the javits center as as comic-con does um it's a little more in in enclosed i guess you could say so you got to experience for the first time the the new wing of the javits center and all of that kind of expanded area yeah which was i'm sure a lot of fun for you Once I knew that it was there, it was fine, but <laughs> I didn't know it existed. But yeah, so you could you could tell though, but just by talking to some of the folks that uh you know that we saw literally two weeks ago, um they they were tired. I know some of the the companies actually it was more cost efficient for them to just put their their employees up um, in New York in the entire interim instead of having to do the, the flights back and forth and. Uh, you know, they were able to get, I guess, better rates on hotels, you know, for a little bit of a longer stay. So some of them like were on, uh, like day 20 <laughs> of being in New York, uh, which is just, it's crazy to think about it. So I think it put, put a lot of people in a bind, made, made a lot of companies make decisions that, you know, maybe they, they didn't want to make, you know, just in terms of like not being able to come out for both events, not being able to, um, you know, in terms of their their large, if you've never been to something like Comic Con, um, you could check out again on our social media. Uh, that should be up at this point, but you know, uh, we t- we took a lot of footage from around uh, around the show floor just to kind of give a people lot of an photos, idea. A lot of videos. Um, I've done a half marathon and I've never been this tired. <laughs> so. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that uh, you know these companies build incredibly large booths, especially the the folks at you know like at at Bondi. They had ten booths this year. Um, they had like a, a one-to-one scale uh, cat bus at this that you know uh, that you could take photos with and walk through, and then they had these larger than life inflatable or and or assembled. Um, diorama pieces of like they had like a giant luffy they had a giant goku pick orange piccolo uh a, a giant uh monster from from naruto godzilla they just there's so many crazy things and you know they they need to be able to store those things in places and ship them you know carefully so you know putting them back to back like that is it's kind of rough but uh but all in all it, it was a fun show um Let's talk about some of the things that we we really enjoyed. Uh, Dave, do you want to do you want to start with something? Um, I can start. Um, we saw my new favorite TV show live in person. Um, with like, I think I watched the first episode of the season. We basically saw the whole episode. Um, just kind of cut up into pieces. Um, just if you haven't seen it yet, yeah, um, no, I haven't watched yet. But uh, and then we saw. Well, what like, show is that? You I do battles show? and all that stuff. It is a uh, Ultraman Blazar. Um, Blazar. That was my and, impersonation of the 
the narrator. Yeah. Yeah, all all the voice cast have like there's voice cast that you you know and all the voices are just fantastic. Um and it's fun. I watched I watched the first episode um before this the airing of this um which was the day after we saw the panel and um we definitely saw like the whole episode just kind of chopped up in pieces. Um which, so by the way, more of it. It's it's a ha- the episodes are half hour. They're, they're on all YouTube. available on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've, I've been kind of looking into it. A lot of the old Ultraman is on through Shout Factory, so you can catch up on all of that through like um, Pluto or other Shout Factory forms. I think their website has a thing too where you can watch stuff. Um, but that was pretty great. Um, you know, after that, that was, that panel was a lot of fun. It was very cool. Um, I, I told Eric after it was over, I was like, everything is wrestling. Um, Ultraman dropped the power bomb. It was, it was pretty, pretty yeah, there solid. Was, there was a sit out power bomb, which I wasn't expecting to see Ultraman do a sit out power bomb on a, on a, on a Kaiju. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, it reminds me, like, it almost reminded me of, um, well, I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen the show or you've seen Super Sentai or you've seen Kamen Rider or you've seen, you know, Power Rangers. Power Rider, any yeah, of them. Yeah. You kind of know that, like, guy in a suit versus another guy in a suit sort of thing. Like, they're fighting around, like, a model of a city. Um, we found out from our, our friends at, at Bondi who you know, we're very involved in the, you know, in the panel as it's, uh, you know, Bondi has the master license, of course, for, for, for Ultraman, um, that some of those suits were, were screen used. I mean, they're the ones that they actually use in the show. Mm -hmm. So you're effectively seeing the choreography and like how they film, um, you know, these fight sequences just without the model city around them. So, you know, seeing how well, you know, or in some cases, how you know encumbered some of the suits are, and the fact that they're they're able to do you know kind of what they do is is really cool. And it made me kind of think of like you know they have those like touring uh, stunt shows, right? Like the Marvel stunt show that was touring a few years ago, um, or going back to like the days of like Six Flags Great Adventure, the Batman stunt show, like that kind of stuff, or Mortal Kombat Live. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, you know, this is very akin to watching something like that, just with better choreography. Because I mean, this is the, the stuff that they're doing on, you know, on the TV show. Um, and there's commercials for like in front Japanese commercials in the show for like Ultraman conventions and stuff like that, which oh, that's awesome. Look rad, and it looks like they kind of expound on what we saw at the panel. Yeah, I'm and on. I should say, I'm I, tired. Words may I may use wrong words, the wrong words today for sentences. I would I would love to see something like that live, like a full thing. I may like get the wrong adjectives. That's fine. We'll we'll make it work, Dave. We'll make it work. Um, yeah, but I I also enjoyed that panel. Some something that uh something else that I I really enjoyed. Uh, we we got invited to two very um really really cool experiences at at Comic Con that were both off site. Um. So on Friday evening, we got invited 
to uh, the Goosebumps launch party, the uh, the new Disney Plus series, which I have not had a chance to watch yet. I'm very excited. I love Goosebumps um, with Justin Long, and you know, there's a bunch of other people in it too. Um, we got invited to the, the launch party for that. It was was really a, just a really cool experience. It was at the Chelsea Factory, um, very very close by to the, the Javits Center. Um, they did a really, really great job on kind of the theming throughout. We got to see the screen used uh, slappy prop. Um, they had some, you know, some scares built into the experience. They had one of which got me really well. Um, and also you know, just great food. And, you know, overall, we got to hear from the the president of Disney, tele, Disney Plus, sorry, or um, excuse me, the president of Disney Television. Um yeah, you know, it was just it was it was a really cool it was a really cool kind of uh, experience to be part of something, you know, be invited, you know, to to attend something that uh you know was so meaningful to me and kind of my development as a both a reader and you know just a you know that really kind of scratched that horror itch for me, and then um we got invited to a uh th- so this year uh November third is Godzilla Day every year uh and it's the 69th anniversary of the original Godzilla. And of course, you know, uh, Shin, or no, I'm sorry, not Shin Godzilla. Godzilla minus one is coming to theaters uh, in December. Kind of a, looks like a reboot from, from Toho. Um, Toho invited us out to a special screening at the Japan society in New York city of one of their, um, archival grade prints of the 1954, uh, Godzilla. It was in glorious four by three green, you know, grainy cigarette burns, you know, all, all the good stuff on, on one of those original, uh, prints, uh, really, really cool experience. Got to meet, you know, people from the Japan society, people from, from Toho directly. Of, of course, you know, again, shouts to our, our friends at Bondi who were, you know, heavily involved in the, the event as well. You know, they had the, the Tamashi Nation's New York exclusive SH monster arts, uh, Godzilla on display there. They had, um, Everyone got to go home with some some Godzilla themed nano blocks. Uh, just a just a really really cool experience. Really cool poster for oh that's right yeah yeah the 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 minus one poster for the new movie. Yeah they made they made a, a one sheet poster or one sheet size poster specifically for those who were in attendance. Uh, and it's a, it's a gorgeous like watercolor looking art print. Um, yeah, re- really really well done. And I mean the the building that we were in, you know, has significance as they shared. They like, you know, presidents, Nobel prize winners, you know, uh, and, and Kings of monsters, uh, have all, have all kind of shared the stage there. Um, it's renowned, like, you know, actors throughout history. Um, they've had like, um, performances there. It's just, you know, a phenomenal building. I'm, I'm disappointed that it was only my first time having been there. But, um, you know, what what a venue. Um, and I, I definitely want to to see more, um, see more programming that they're going to be having. Yeah. And shouts to uh, to Peter, who uh, who heads up the, the, the kind of the film uh, programming there. I, you know, we'll definitely post on on our socials when they have you know n- new stuff coming, uh, as we've mentioned countless times on, on the show you know, where we both absolutely love, you know, film and cinema and getting a chance to see a print. A, I know, I think we, we were both talking about this after the screening. I think that's the oldest 
print we've probably ever seen. Um, you know, and, and we've gone out of our way to see some, <laughs> some, some crazy 35 millimeter and, uh, and other types of prints over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing that such an iconic film, you know, the, the literally like the, uh, seminal film in, in, uh, Toho's library, you know, getting to see an, an original print of it, you know, from Toho's archive was just, it was wild. So, uh, those were two massive, massive highlights for me. Um, so let's get a little bit just into like some of the toy stuff and we'll make this part quick, uh, before I know, I know everyone wants to hear the, the interviews. That's why you're here. Um, aside from just kind of the experiential things, uh, at Comic-Con Dave, was there any, any toy thing, any collectible thing specifically that you saw that you, that really kind of jumped out at you? Um, the mothership was cool. Um, and seeing, um, the two things that I saw, like that were kind of, you have to see them to really get into, um, to really get to kind of take in what they are. Um, and this is probably going to be a great segue into one of our segments. Um, of course the Cobra mothership, the super seven, um, crowdfunded project that's going on um there with them now um you know there's there's a bit of a hasbro tie-in with the of course the license but also the o-ring figures and um i believe if you go to youtube you can see that panel the whole Um, panel the whole panel you could see um previous guests you could see emily um from hasbro and uh, of course brian super seven um, and then Giant Man, which is oh, another one of before you get into Giant Man, because you are absolutely right. We are going to use that as a segue to to the Marvel team. There's just one thing I wanted to say about the Mothership. Um, we've been seeing a lot of. First of all, thank you to everybody who has watched already the the panel uh, video on YouTube. Really appreciate it. Um. It was something that you know I noticed when we kind of set up that no one was set up to record, and I, I everyone needs to see, you know, especially GI Joe fans. I, I know you know how important this content is to you know to the to the community, so we wanted to make sure we got it out there. But I am seeing especially a, that uh, three and three quarter GI Joe community. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of comments uh, about the O ring figures now. While they said in in the video on the panel that there are no future plans at the moment for O ring figures, and again this is this is pure just like adventures and collecting perspective. You know, we we have no additional knowledge, no access to anything. You know that that you know we're not being transparent about. This is the pure reading between the lines of statements that it, were publicly made. Exactly. Um, if you are perp- if you are a three and three quarter O ring collector, and you want to see additional O ring figures in the future, if this project doesn't fund, that probably doesn't look good for your prospects in the future. Um, the future is in your hands. Quite literally, yeah. If you want those O-ring figures and the community is loud enough 
and this project funds, I, I think kind of, again, reading between the lines, this is the kind of litmus test of how hungry is the O-ring community. Now, do not take this as a, as it's, as us again, telling you, like, if you, you want O-ring, yes, you have to back this. That's not what this is at all. But this is just kind of additional context, right? Like, there's... So this is this is the case for anything. You know, we always talk about you you um, vote with your wallet, right? Like, yes. If you want a film series to continue, if you want to show, you know, a sports team whether or not you appreciate what they're doing, if you want to show a toy company that you appreciate what you you're they're doing or what have you, it doesn't always have to be like the negative. I'm going to vote with for my, with my wallet and not buy any of this. Um, you can also vote with your wallet in a positive way and say like, this is something that I want to support and want to see more of. Um, this is you know, there are numerous crowdfunded um, projects that are out there that you can do that with. And that, Hey, it's going to say like, Hey, maybe, you know, by this succeeding, we want more of this or by it not succeeding. We don't want more of this, but ultimately if there is more of it, it's because, there was a bunch of people that wanted it. If it doesn't, it's because there were a bunch of people that didn't want it. But ultimately, this you know, the decision for this to be a thing that goes on is up to the community. Yeah, and I think we can leave it at that. I think that's that's a perfect way to to kind of put a put a, a bow on it. But go ahead, check out the um the panel. Not right now. Listen to this episode first, then go do it. Um, but check out the GI Joe panel. With that in mind. Um, you know, the mothership is, is what, $495. Uh, it's got a bunch of unlockable tiers. It needs 4,000, um, backers in order to, um, yeah, it has an early bird. Um, so yeah, check out the panel. It'll give you all the information. Um, and now we can, now we can, we can move over to, uh, to giant man, Dave. Yeah. And so that was, um, oh, I'll, I'll give this to the, um, it's through December 11th for the um, mothership. Super7.com. Super7.com. You'll see it in the banner there. Um, so to kind of start to kind of echo what Dave was, was going to say about Giant Man, because we, we, I think we we're both kind of on the same page here. Th- this Giant Man is a figure that you need to um, you need to see in person. And I know that's. It's a terrible thing to say, yeah. You know, with with only being like what uh, eleven, well, I think it's less than two weeks left um, in that campaign, uh, and there's still quite a bit of, of ways to go. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know. And I think, well, I mean, they're going to hear it right now. Yeah. They're going to hear this this whole this whole thing. So um, why don't we cut to past us from yeah. from the Saturday of of uh, New York Comic Con from uh, from day three. Of, uh, of Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. Uh, Eric and Dave, take it away. Hello, everybody. We are here at New York Comic-Con with, uh, with Giant Man, who's currently behind Ryan. Right back there. And we are, of course, with the Marvel Legends team. So we have Ryan, we have Dwight, we have Dan. What up, what up? Yo, yo. Hey, guys. Hello. How's everybody doing? How's your con so far? 
It's good. It's good. Half over, maybe. We just did a stage activation uh, talking Nerf, which I know you guys are super interested oh, to talk about. Love everything Nerf. Next right, Mechasaurus. Next Get it right. right. Come on. Uh, available at Amazon. And uh, yeah, we've got some giant man, you know, whatever. It's cool. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, whatever. No. This is this is why we're here, right? We're here for Giant Man. Look at this guy. So t tell us, uh, tell us what we're looking at here. What's this configuration of Giant Man? So we just, we actually just updated this in case anyone was by earlier today. But uh, we have a slightly different stand that will allow for a new pose. So Dwight put him in a nice kind of action pose, and I brought a bunch of Ultrons from the office. So we have kind of the Avengers versus Ult the Ultron army here a little bit. Things only Ryan can say. I brought a bunch of Ultrons from the office. From the office, that's right. <laughs> only Ryan could do that, honestly. And when I bring stuff, I bring them with all the accessories and all the pieces, and I'm very organized, you know, because uh, can't can't lose anything. No, no, no. I mean, the fact that they're they're not on card sitting in there is, is surprising. <laughs> yeah, that's... yeah. I left the trading cards at the office. Brought the figures. With me. <laughs> Well, you know, it's great to finally see him in person. Uh, you know, we, we, we were fortunate enough to have the case off before, you know, uh, yesterday actually for Friday the 13th. So we got to see the head swap process. Um, you know, it's been a while now since we've, we've spoken, you know, about the launch of this. So what are some of the kind of new things, the new kind of like changes, new additions that have been made since the campaign has launched? Uh, I think the two biggest things that were updates throughout the campaign were the eyes. Uh, when we found out that we were going to be able to swap the plates the way we do, it allowed us to also swap the eyes, which allowed us to add that addition of different looks. So he's going to be looking straight, he'll be looking down, he'll be looking to the side. And you can intermix any of those eyes with any of the standard uh, heads or the zombie head if that one gets activated as well. Um, along with that, the one thing that's that we've done very recently, I need to get louder, but uh, that's not in the case, is we've uh, adjusted the back of his neck. Uh, when I've been playing with the uh, gray model for the last couple of weeks, I realized that when he's in his lower crouching poses, which you can do with this figure, which is awesome, he can't look up enough. So we were making a notch in the back of his neck, kind of like the Renew Your Vows Spider-Man, so that uh, Giant Man will be able to tilt his head up for a little bit more... Uh, if I want to look up at Galactus, or if I want to be crouching and looking more forward, he'll be able to do that better now. Yeah, that's really cool. And and we're seeing now, too, the uh, the white and the black antenna on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that was something that we were looking at early, and then the fans actually brought it back to our attention as well. And we were like, yeah, that's, a, that's something that we want to get in there. So we were able to, uh, you know, run some numbers and get that in there and make sure that we were able to give you guys as many options as possible. Because if we're asking you guys to come to the table and drop $200, which is... We think a deal when you consider like Galactus was 400, but you know, with that, we still know, let's give you guys as much fun as you guys can have out of the box. And the extra eyes, the extra antenna, the swappable plates, we thought was a really fun way to give uh, you the opportunity to pose them out however you'd want on your shelf. Or if you want to actually get on the floor and play with them, you can do a lot more awesome stuff with them. I think that speaks to the team's focus on making the best giant man experience possible, whether it's the eyes, the antenna, the articulation, you know, um, a lot of discussion has been about other figures, but we're really focusing on a $200 Ultimate Giant Man experience, and we've, we've had some other interviews, you know, and we've shared where it's like, yeah, those other figures, guys, those can come out on their own at another time, 
It's either you buy them now or you buy them later, and so in this case, it'll be later. But that allows us to keep it at $200 and 10,000 uh, minimum backers. And you can even make the argument, right? Like if this thing is popular enough and people get it, it shows the the emphasis that you need to put on some of those additional characters to support this one. That's right. And if this one is successful, you know, we could go back and do some more classic comic Avengers characters who that are that aren't even in the pipeline right now because there are some that are in the works. We're very eager to show them once Giant Man, you know, is uh, successful, we hope. Uh, yeah. So what you guys don't realize is this interview is actually broadcasting over the loudspeakers. They're yeah, cheering for Ryan. Very yeah, excited. they're really, really excited for Giant Man. Yeah, that's, that's it. So speaking of, of, of large reactions, right, we have, uh, you know, Giant Man behind us, but a lot of comparisons have been made to the previous Giant Man, the Toy Biz one. Thought this might be a good opportunity because you know something else you might have from the office is something you could show us this to really. What, this is what Dwight brought. Yeah, just to really show the sense of size and scale. I'll get out of the way. Dwight, hop in here. You know, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Back in the day, uh, Toymas made this amazing Giant Man figure part of their uh, Walmart wave, which was like ten figures, I think, to complete, which is which was a lot, and it was very hard for people to find, and. When we were looking at the new one, we wanted to look back at the past because it's always good to learn from your history. And we kind of like, I mean, it's a really good figure. So how are we going to update this new one to be, you know, uh, better fitted for the current collection? And when we now have 26-inch uh, Sentinels and 32-inch uh, Galacti, we were like, we needed to make sure to have a giant man that paid homage and respect to the origins and these classic costumes, but was more uh, in scale with those other giant baddies that you now have. So this is, you know, this is a nice comparison. I don't actually know exactly how tall the uh, Toy Biz one is. I want to think it's around 13 inches or so. Yeah. But you know, it's a it's a quality piece from the past, and if that's what you have in your collection, it's wonderful. Cool thing about Giant Man is with him being a growing character, you can display him at many different heights. So if you if you're lucky enough to have this this uh, figure. Good on you, but if you don't, you have the opportunity now to jump into this new campaign and add a brand new one for everybody to add to the collection. In fact, a giant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes cause more like, giant. Because you can see here in the case, and I don't know if you can, but we'll take a picture later. You see Hulk compared to Giant Man, as opposed to Hulk, who is a very large character. You have Giant Man, who is towering over Hulk. Yeah. And, you know, as this campaign starts to kind of come towards that end date, what's one thing, from each of you guys, what's one thing that you want to make sure people realize about this giant man? Like, either your favorite part, the thing that you think the most attention got put into, the thing that makes you the happiest about this figure? Uh, for me, the, the new addition of the eyes, being the clear eyes so that they're, we're not painting highlights anymore on this size figure, they're actually going to be a clear plastic eye with deco on the backside so it'll catch natural highlights to be able to you know look like it like it looks like it's alive which is you know something we've never been able to accomplish or deliver on the uh, normal six inch scale so the eyes and the swapping ability for them is probably my favorite piece of this you said campaign clear eyes. please say what's what blind say it is it blind hearts or what what is that full hearts full hearts full hearts can't lose uh, baby <laughs> oh my god i I knew it, but uh, all right. Uh, for me, it's uh, to be honest with you, it's probably that 199 price point. I think uh, for us, we know everybody's going through a Such lot. Such a marketer. We know 
a lot of people are going through a lot right now, and it was really important to us to have that goal of trying to get a HasLab at 199. And um, we think it's a very fair and awesome, not more than fair, like this, if this doesn't get backed, I'm literally gonna cry, maybe. I, I might actually cry. So go for it. Remember, remember, tears, not tears. Yeah, we were, we were originally going to make it a no-tier campaign, but then we kind of went back and added some extra heads. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll also lean into the marketing a little bit. But it's like, guys, those other figures, again, I want to say this multiple times to every interview. Yes, we know Wasp. Yes, we know a regular-sized, you know, Hank in this type of costume are obvious kind of uh, requirements for that classic Avengers team, and, and we also agree. It just will not be part of this HasLab, but they are, you know very likely to come out you just don't have to get them now and you don't very have to pay very likely $250 now you know Dan you know and we all know the times are tough there's a lot of awesome collector product out there you know we're coming off of the dragonfly and the ghost like yeah we get it those are those are big price tags and so if you can just pay 200 for giant man now and get those other ones in the future isn't that a good thing it's like i'll take a hamburger today yeah I'll pay you tomorrow for a hamburger likely. today. That's yeah. That's the very likely we'll see a wasp <laughs> character at some point. There's and a phrase. It's like read between the lines. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other thing too that you just don't kind of get, and this is something that you know, me being the first time seeing it in person, like you just don't kind of understand it until it's here. Yeah, you want to touch it. You get to see the fingers. Like yesterday, we got to see Dwight posing the fingers to have them be gnarled for the zombie. Um, you know, you get to see really the shading on it and everything. Like the the light coming from underneath really shows kind of what you can do with this figure once you have it. The thing that jumped out to me immediately with this, and I gotta say, like kudos to you guys. When you get up close to this thing, and I, and I, you know, I've seen There's a ton so of pictures of this, you know, so far I've seen like, you know, even the the pictures that are posted on Hasbro Pulse, this detail does not come across in any of them. The suit looks like the mesh material, like mm -hmm. that, like your gym shorts are made out of. Like you could see the little like holes and the little like patterning the to it. Detailing in the suspenders. Yeah, like there is so much on this thing that like when you see it in person, you're gonna. It, the gloves, it, yeah, like the edges of the, there's so much to appreciate about it. The seam, like around the thumb part of the glove, to like re, like the way like a real glove would be reinforced, the like at the edge. Yeah. like there's so much. Yeah, between the sculpting and and you know, shouts to uh, other friend of the pod, Tony, for the the paint job on this thing because it looks Not amazing. But um, yeah, the, the the attention to detail is just is just awesome. And you know, Dwight, we recently spoke about kind of the engineering aspect of it. You know, how you did the harness and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about this, guys. If if you are if you are a Marvel Legends collector and you you have a comic Avengers team, you need Giant Man. And the other the other thing you can't see too is like as we're standing here talking about it, there are people like, what are they talking? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so wait, actually, before we go, tell us about that. What's been the reaction here? Like, like the in-person reaction, how have people been responding to Giant Man? I mean, it's been it's been in the 99 percentile of loving what they're seeing. The only thing that we've that I've heard, and I don't know about these gentlemen, the only thing that I've heard is some people are saying, "Oh, well, I wish it was a slightly different size," and that's fine. He's a growable character. You know, he could be anywhere from you know 13 inches to 24 inches to you know 
uh, to six feet tall. I mean, you know, there's there is no right or wrong answer here, people. This is just the scale that we thought worked best with our other giant baddies. But everybody, like literally everybody, has loved seeing this thing in person. And a lot of the things that you just uh, remarked upon are what they've been saying. It's like. And, and I think that's the problem with the the world we live in right now. We live so much in our phones and our laptops, it's really hard to understand and appreciate how big and impressive and how much love went into something of this size until you can actually see it, which is, I don't have a fix for it yet, but I'm definitely gonna be spending some months thinking about how we go about doing these things as we go forward because you know, being able to see this thing has made such you know a positive, you know, mark on everybody that's come by. I just, you know, we need to figure out a way to have that as an opportunity more often because looking at this on your phone, it's like, oh, that's a great, it's an action figure. It's like it's the same fig same scale as every other figure I look at, but then coming to the show, it's yeah. not, yeah. The other comment that I've heard uh, is they don't want to back it until it's fully funded. And I just really want to clarify that, like, we will not charge your credit card uh, if you back it early, like it, it doesn't charge until after it is fully funded, and I uh, just really wanted to clarify that because I've met a couple of people who are like, "Oh, we thought it's going to be charged immediately after I back it," and just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, I mean, I, I procrastinate too a lot of things, uh, but there's really no benefit in doing in doing that uh, here, and um, you know, we're kind of trying to rise above the temptation to change the campaign and throw things in at the last second because that's kind of not really sustainable in the long term and that's why we were uh, very upfront with the tears from the beginning. We said this is what it, we fully revealed everything. You know, Dwight and team are making these minor additions that just make what you've seen better. But in terms of uh, what the campaign entails, we think at $200, it's, uh, it's a good value for you. If, you. if you guys want to back this thing, back this thing. Be, well, let me, let me rephrase that. If you like the work that the team does, back the thing now because I'm getting older and I don't know how much my heart can take the stress of these campaigns because I love the product. I hate these campaigns because they are so stressful when you pour, when the team pours their love and soul into these things and people say, ah, I'm just going to, I'll back it if it funds, you know, because I want it. But I'm just, it's just like, it just means I'm going to be stressing more. And at this age, look at this gray people. This is your fault. All this gray is you not backing these things, stressing me out, man. So, you know, I mean, if you guys want me gone, you know, shorter than later, then keep doing it. You're doing a great job. But, you know, if you guys want some more of this stuff and I want to give you guys more of this stuff, then, you know, make my life a little bit easier. If you have the funds. If you don't have the funds, I get it. It's not for everybody. Guys, Let's, I annoy him every day. Don't worry. I shoot Nerf darts at him all the time now. He almost assassinated too. me earlier on the stage. Yeah. Oh, man, we forgot to talk about Nerf. Oh. Maybe, Maybe next, next time. time. Okay. Maybe next time. Guys, back Giant Man. Ready? Uh, let's all on three. One, two, three. Back, back Giant, Giant Man. Man. When do we have to back it till? October 23rd, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So at least just set an alarm. Like, set a reminder for yourself on the 23rd just to go take another look at the webpage. Like, you know, at minimum. And then, the and then that FOMO. Let's not keep it that. Let's not do it. Let's like, you know. We just were talking. Come on. Good Lord, man. Be kind of Good Lord, man. Okay. Okay. What page is that? That's HasbroPulse.com. Thank you, Eric. Go to HasbroPulse.com. Hey, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. Dave, so thank you, Dave. Sorry, I meant Dave. It's all right. It's, it's all staying in. It's, staying that's in. It's happened my entire yeah. life. So we're doing it live. Life, so we're doing worry. it live. From now on, it'll be Derek. Yeah. <laughs> we we combined. Yeah. That's we combined. it. Combined. We're sentient.
And now, a word from our sponsors. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey or online at ChubbsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Starting on October 10th, 2023 through the end of the month, CGC is celebrating the greatest grade with the greatest deals, including $10 modern CGC comics pressing, $10 off grading for CGC video games and CGC home video, $10 off the official CGC guide to grading comics hardcover book, and fantastic social giveaways. Whether you're passionate about comic books, TCGs, sports cards, video games, or home video, CGC 1010 Day is for you. Get started today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And now, back to the show. See, I said you would you would hear everything that uh, that we were about to say. So that way we yeah. didn't repeat ourselves. Um, I mean, but I think everything everything that was everything that was said there was what needed to be said, right? Yeah, you know it's and what we said beforehand when speaking of uh, the mothership and of this uh, project, Giant Man, and you know anything that's out there. Um, you know, it's funny. This is not just a Comic Con episode, but a very crowdfunded episode. It is. Uh, so, you know, and there's a lot of these projects out there, and yeah, it's it's all on. It's ultimately like, do you is this for you? Mm-hmm. And if it is, and you can afford it, cool. If it's not, and you can't, or you can't, also cool. But it's also that, you know, if. If it doesn't continue, you know, if there's no more WWE stages or if there's no more Marvel Legends big vehicles or what have you, you know, that's why. So we, you know, we we talked about two toys, uh, the Giant Man and and uh, and the Mothership. Uh, before we get into our our second and last interview of, of this uh, Comic-Con episode, 
Um, one thing that I wanted to shout out uh, that like really kind of sing sings to me from a, a toy perspective. One of my favorite things that that uh, that NECA is doing right now are those Remco inspired glow in the dark Universal monsters. Um, they're one of which was a, a, a New York Comic Con exclusive, Phantom of the Opera. Was very happy to be able to come home with that. Um, but they also showed off for the first time one of one of the coolest playsets uh, from that kind of era of toys is the Monsterizer, and it's yeah. com- it's coming to that line. And it's just like what what a what a way to put an exclamation point on an on an homage line. Um, they still have to get Dracula out there. He was he was on display. Uh, not sure if he's going to be, you know, a target or, you know, the target exclusive or another exclusive down the line somewhere. But, um, you know, they had him on display. He's, he's, he's ready to rip. Uh, so very excited to add him to the collection too. And then of course the monsterizer, uh, we can't talk about NECA without talking about our, our buddy Blaine. Uh, shout out to Blaine. He, another, you know, their other Comic-Con exclusive, was and maybe. another thing you can watch on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. We have a we have a little little um exclusive walkthrough. Yeah, yeah, exclusive tour walkthrough with with Blaine. Um this was a big big event for him. Uh the first uh ultimate figure that he got to oversee, you know, and design creative direct uh is the the New York Comic Con exclusive uh Ghostface, very much so a a nod of a, a wink and a nod to uh, to the the Scream Six film that happened in New York. The timing was just perfect. Having it be a New York themed exclusive in New York uh, around Halloween was just Chef's kiss. There were so many people walking around in, in Ghostface costumes, uh, you know, coming up to the, their booth, which was very heavily influenced again by that that exclusive and you know the design and everything. But um, the the big thing is is, is that. Uh, it sold out before the end of the convention. Uh, they Run by mid Saturday. Yeah, they could not. Uh, they could not keep the thing in stock to the point where they had to keep. They had stock allotted for each day, and um, and they had to keep releasing more and more and more in order just to keep up with the volume of people that were coming through the booth. And by Sunday, by by Saturday, uh, like Dave said, midday. I think it was actually even earlier. Uh, they were gone. So huge, huge congrats to Blaine. It's an awesome figure. Um, yeah, it's really cool. You know, once I, I get a chance to kind of decompress from everything, I'm, I'm you know, going to open open mine. I'm going to save the packaging because he signed it for me, uh, which is awesome. But uh, I'm going to open it up, take a bunch of pictures. Uh, it, it looks it looks gorgeous. It's, you know, if you're familiar with the Ghostface figure the first time around, you kind of know what to expect, but it's got some really unique accessories in there. So I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout to uh, to you know, past guest, friend of the pod, uh, Blaine, congratulations, man. Uh, I know we told you it in person, but you know, well, we're happy to shout it from the rooftops. We, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see, you know, his kind of development and career. Uh, and I think things only go up for him, you know, from here. So, yeah. Um, but going, talking about a previous guest, talking about a brand new guest and pivoting back to the, uh, the, the concept of crowd funds, Dave, we got a chance to talk to uh, to a new friend. Yeah, we met um, Russ, who you may know as uh, Shardimus Prime um, from his his toy reviews, and um, Russ and the great David Vonner are uh, working together for a new a new property, a new um, new creation. 
Yeah, and that and that's gonna kick us to uh, to the interview with uh, with Russ and uh, Street Humans. Yeah, for Street Humans, and uh, you're gonna hear this interview, and that's gonna be the end of the show for for us. So uh, enjoy our enjoy uh, our chat with Russ, and uh, and again, make sure you you check out our social media at AIC underscore podcast where uh, we've got tons of videos, uh, other interviews that we did at New York Comic Con. Um, there's, I promise there's going to be a video up. I'm really hoping I can get it edited by the time this airs, but uh, fingers crossed of just kind of an overall Comic-Con experience, all, you know, a bunch of things that we saw, but, uh, as yeah, we- there was a lot of other cool stuff too. Like the, uh, we saw the John Carpenter table for storm King, got to talk to the sacred bones, people, V friends, V um, friends, of course, uh, Bondi, uh, you know, yeah. uh, our chat with Justin, um, that should be up by the time this airs. Uh, yeah, he- head over to, to AIC underscore podcast for, uh, for all of the, the New York comic con things. And also the interviews that you're about to hear, um, there may also be video versions of these interviews. I, I would say there probably will be yeah. at some point. Yeah, there might be. So, um, yeah, and uh, and and uh, yeah, let's let's throw it to again past us and uh, and Shardimus Prime. We are here with uh, with Russ, who you might know better, of course, as uh, Shardimus Prime. Shardimus Prime. Hey, how's it going? How are you guys? <laughs> so, so we're here uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, live in person, to talk about Street Humans, man. So, so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about this line. I wanted to make a toy line that I've always wanted to see, which is civilians. Like I've, I've always felt that there's been a hole in the collection, so I conceived the idea based off of kind of fulfilling this need to have more civilians in my displays. So these are 112 scale figures that are meant for collectors that are really into photography and posability. And there's a lot of interchangeability to go along with the figures. So um, there's that aspect of it. And then on top of that, there's a whole storyline of the street humans actually being shape-shifting aliens from another planet. And there's a whole story of their their uh, their conflict that's kind of moved over to Earth. And that's been a lot of fun, too. And, you know, you know, interest has been shown in that as well as the figures, which makes me really happy to see. So it's kind of a twofold thing, right? Like like you said, you have these gaps that you're addressing, but also you know, you're getting to tell the, you know, a new story, a new IP out of this. Yeah. Um, what were some of the considerations that you made when you were designing the kind of street human element of it before you know, we get into the kind of the monster alien design? Right, right. Uh, well, right from the beginning, I wanted it to have... Uh, I, I wanted this to have different ethnicities being expressed in the line right away so um we have and we have an african-american figure we have a latino figure we have a asian figure and we have a caucasian figure two of those are behind stretch goals we have to kind of pace ourselves on how uh we have these figures roll out everything costs money so we have to you know have everything so we started with the African-American and the Latino figure first. So that's where the, de- and then our designer, Vinny from Brazil with Love, he flushed out, you know, the pant designs and, and uh, the hairstyles and, and that stuff with all the figures. I wanted to have alternate heads for displaying options and 
Uh, it's it's very much a troop building centered line where you can really fill things out and have different aesthetics for these civilians. Now you mentioned the uh, stretch goals, so tell us about the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, the campaign is so our our first our funding goal is one hundred twenty thousand. We're about twenty five percent of the way there. We have we have quite a few days left. We have more than two weeks left. So if you haven't backed it, backed it, back it now. And the stretch goals, uh, our first stretch goal is at uh, 126,500, which is really close to the 120 initial funding goal. And with that first stretch goal, the main character of the series, his name is Alago, And he is going to now, the figure itself initially comes with three heads. So you have like an a-, a regular neutral human head, an angry human head, and then we've now included the alien head to come along with it with the basic figure offering at no extra cost. So that's going to be part of that basic figure, which, by the way, was by popular demand. A lot of people asked for that, and that makes me so freaking happy because... That was one of my favorite parts of working on in this thing because these alien heads are designed in a way where it's supposed to have like the silhouette of an animal that you're familiar with, but when you actually look at it, it's very different. So while having a creative blast, you know, putting them together, like I feel like we could pass on that creative fun to the consumer. Um, just for fun, I put a uh, the bat alien head, Lago alien head, on uh, on a Han Solo figure just to see how it would look, and it looks awesome. It just it could fit into Star Wars if you want to do that with those. Uh, but within the lore itself, it's it's very cool to have, and people. So anyway, yeah, we have that stretch goal, and then the so so the stretch goal for Lago means that he's going to come with a hoodie accessory. And then interchangeable arms. So I have I have a grayscale prototype with me right over here, and a feature that I really wanted to incorporate. Well, there's three different removable or four different removable part features. So you have the removable hands, and then you have the removable head. Right? Uh, that's been that's kind of industry standard now. But what I wanted to bring to the table was something different over here, and the basic figures can pop off right at the waist. So you can pop them off at the waist. If you want the African-American figure in your display to have the beige pants instead of the camel pants, you can make that happen if you want. If we get everything unlocked, you can switch to your desire. So I really like that. This also allows for a little bit more articulation on the figure, so it adds another joint down there at the waist. So we have three joints right there. But the other feature with the stretch goals that's really awesome is if you take the head off, I don't have them with me right now, but if you if you take the head off and then you pop the arms off and then essentially what you'll do is you take the sleeve piece for the hoodie and then we have different sleeved sweater arms for the for the stretch goal for a logo and then you could port in those sleeves you know to match the hoodie if you want to use the flesh arms you can get that aesthetic as well so you okay. can have cut off i like to the, i mostly do the cut off shirt thing not today but you know it's uh a little chilly here in new york yeah. it's a little a little bit colder in, in california not too bad though yeah, but um no but i love new york by the way that's not that's not a jab that's not a jab <laughs> that's not a jab but it's actually a really nice day out here um 
but you can have that look if you want cut off sleeves. So if you have three figures and you have you know those deluxe accessory packs, mm -hmm. you can you can set that up now. And then from then on, each of the stretch goals are basically kind of following the same pattern of having a basic figure. So the next stretch goal after that is that. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's my own Kickstarter, but 130k, you get the uh, deluxe pack for Eon. Mm -hmm. So that will come with. Oh, and on top of the hoodie, uh, you have the hoodie down, hoodie up feature, and then you have two more human heads: a mohawk head and then a different hairstyle head. And that's the theme for each of the deluxe accessory packs for these figures. So basically, the the initial offering two starter pack figures. And then you have the Alago accessory pack, and then we have the Eon accessory pack, which comes with two more heads, the Mohawk, and then, uh, then a different hairstyle. And then he'll come with a jersey instead, and then different arms for that jersey. Then the next stretch goal would be for Edil. He's the Asian character, and he'll have the same accessories. He'll come with an alien head. He'll come with the two human heads, the angry and neutral bald head, and then the deluxe pack for him is, and then and then actually, I'm sorry, after him is the Eros character, and that's the Caucasian one with the two heads, two sets of hands. I'm sorry, three heads, two sets of hands, because we've added that alien head in there now. And then after that, we have the deluxe pack for uh, Edel, and then the deluxe pack for Eros. So with with these figures, you know, uh, kind of going back to the 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 purpose, right, and the, the usefulness of them. What's, like, the one selling point about these that you want to get out there? Like, like, what's the thing that, to you, that is most important that you think resonates most with, you know, collectors, toy photographers? To be honest with you, if you haven't held it in hand, it's hard to say how fun this figure is. It's, if you're an action figure collector that loves posability and that loves displaying... That fun factor is just through the roof with this figure. It's just so fun to pose around. I've been having a great time with it. And I think, really, the fun factor of this thing is through the roof. And that's, like, one thing that I feel like, you know, while I'm pretty new to making toys, I've been talking about fun figures for 15 years on YouTube. I'm not going to all of a, you know what I mean? I have an idea of what's a fun figure and what's not a fun figure. So I feel confident that, you know, once this gets into people's hands, and so far, everybody that's held onto this figure has had a great time with it. So it's an incredibly fun figure to have, and I think there's just endless possibilities with that fun factor if we hit these goals. And we also have other, other stretch goal ideas for, for like motorcycle helmet heads or bandana, you know, bandanas, beanies, all kinds of different accessories that we can incorporate with this. So the fun factor is, is very strong with these. Now, you've been working with renowned designer David Vonner for this project. What's it been like working with him? It is it punk rock to jazz is kind of like <laughs> he's <laughs> he is the maestro. And he yeah, he's he's been very helpful with this. And um, there's a lot of insight in the industry that I wouldn't have been able to just obtain from, you know, my personal experiences. Um, a lot of, a lot of design pointers. Uh, he's, he's really helped a lot in, uh, in countless ways. So, uh, I'm not giving away all his secrets or anything, but like he's, he really has a great knack for, for knowing how to make the figure fun, you know, and he's helped us a lot with the designs also, uh, for some of these alien heads, especially the Eon and the Edel heads. So 
getting his creative juices in the mix is kind of also kind of hard to like hold back from geeking out a little bit because it's like oh yeah oh that's it that is a cool that is a cool idea oh yeah we should do that it's like yeah that, that well yeah that's why you're dave honor and i'm not you know like so he's he's really helped us you know a whole bunch and it's uh really helped helped with the development through and through now you said each figure comes with two at the base comes with two human heads and you you went with a neutral and an angry expression mm -hmm. were there any kind of other expressions like a like maybe a scared expression or something else that you know maybe you guys were considering i've had several ideas for uh for, for me I, I would like to like a like a really pained expression like an open mouth like getting walloped in the face really hard would be really cool but i also wanted to have a different silhouette so especially if people end up deciding to use them as background characters i think it would be more beneficial for the collector to have maybe a different hairstyle head than one that has the same bald head but a different face maybe it may not come through so much in the background so i really want a lot of variety in the collection you know i want to add some more stuff that could make things look more unique. Now, if successful, and we hope it is, you know, so we'll say when it's successful. Yeah. Um, do you see kind of more accessory packs being the future, as opposed to, or kind of in conjunction with adding more characters? Yeah, we we already have plans for accessory packs for additional stretch goals beyond the deluxe packs. So, have being able to have that available and seeing where things go as far as popularity wise i'm definitely keeping my ear out there as far as what people want to see like thus adding the alien heads in there it's like i really want to keep a close eye on it so it's gonna also depend on see where you know people what, what people like more so and where we can go with it but definitely deluxe like uh, definitely more accessory packs is on the horizon for this for sure so you mentioned it. I mean, you've been reviewing toys. You know, we've been watching your videos since Thank long you. before we've we've been doing this. Um, you. you know, now you're kind of stepping on the other side of it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things you've learned about just kind of like the design and production and that whole kind of process? Oh God, it takes so long. You have to be so patient. Uh, this is not a one-man show. I don't know what it's like for other people that design these. But like for me, it's very much been like like playing in a band. Like it's like there's a lot of and, and you have to be receptive towards other people's ideas. So having that mindset, being open minded, putting your ego aside, you know, having to do what's best. It's kind of I'm a musician, part time musician. My as a drummer, I could always do the I could do the cool new fill I've been practicing that week, or I could do what's best for the song, right? The guy gets hired again when he plays what's best for the song. I'm trying to do what's best for the song with this. And that's what it is, is listening to other people's ideas and working around uh, what people, other people will think would be best. So there's that part of it. And then the other side of it is that there's like this whole other manufacturer community that I've kind of just been discovering recently. And, and they've everybody's been very, very kind and very nice and welcoming to me. and. Um, you know, very honest about everything. So it's kind of like jumping into this other art, artist community and like, like, oh, wow, this is, this is very different and this is really interesting. So, and, and very cool. Like everyone's been very kind to me and, and helpful. So I really appreciate it a lot. Been learning a lot. Yeah. 
So has has the process made you go back like the the countless toys you've reviewed over the years? Like, do you think about them a little bit differently now? Now, like, do you go back and think like, oh wow, this kind of is like this because now I know, you know, making it this kind of goes into the decision. Like, has it made you kind of re reshape how you think about that? Yes, but more with new stuff. Like hearing Dwight talk about the Haslab Giant Man, and then him talking about having all these different samples to look at and picking and choosing and I'm like I'm familiar with this I like I, oh okay like I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing parallels in what they're doing and some of the stuff I did now it's not the same of course right much smaller situation compared to Hasbro I'm not saying I'm the same as them but there are similarities in development you know and it's kind of interesting seeing that happen and and, and it's it yeah it's kind of changing my perspective a little bit but I still need to be very critical when I do my toy reviews, right? Like, so just because I'm, I, I do feel more sympathy for all toy makers, not just Marvel, you know, not just Dwight and the Marvel team, but like all action figure manufacturers, I have a much grander respect for all of them now. So, but I still, then there's the toy review side. I have to, <laughs> I have to put that away. And I did a review on this. I was critical of my own thing. So I'm trying to, be critical all the way through and, and maintain all of that while still holding on to this new knowledge. So, you know, <laughs> typically when we have somebody on the podcast, uh, one of the last things that we do is we have a special question yeah. that we reserve for our guests. So in this kind of short interview here, we're going to we're going to spring our, our typical final question on you. So, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. Um, so, Russ. What is your favorite or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each, or it can be both. Favorite or strangest piece? Um, oh, God. I, I will say, um, like right now, like my two favorite figures in my collection, I know you said one, but it's... Could be two. The, the HasLab Galactus and the HasLab Unicron, like... Those two, like, whenever I go into my garage, I stare at the Unicron. <laughs> whenever I go into my dork room, I stare at the Galactus. So because I have two collection sections, yeah, it's, it's each of those two are my favorite right now. I have a whole bunch of other favorite figures, though. Um, but the real answer is the prototype. The Street <laughs> Humans prototype is the favorite, right? That's the number one favorite one. Um, it's actually the figure I've been playing around with the most, like, you know, recently. Um, and then the strangest figure in my collection. Um, shoot, I kind of have to think about that. The strangest figure that I have in my collection? I don't have a lot of weird, strange stuff, man. Um, God, yeah, I don't have a lot of... I guess it's... No, I, I was going to say, like, my Universal Monsters, but that's not even really that weird, right? There may have been something else I can't think of, but, you know, I think... Um, you know what's kind of strange and weird is my Mezco Nosferatu. Okay, I'm going to say that. I love my, my Mezco Nosferatu figure, and I find it really weird because it's, it's creepy, and it has, like, the effect that Nosferatu has, but it doesn't look like him. Like, it's, like it does look like him, but it doesn't. Like, they took yeah. liberties with the design. And that one weirds me out because I love that figure so much, but it's so... But it's still very different from the source material, but it also delivers the way it should. So it's kind of a trippy figure. It's like you, you don't look right, but you're doing all the right things. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say my Mezco Nosferatu is kind of my strangest figure 
So that's that's the one out of all of them. You don't want that one to wake up in the middle of the night and come to life. It's not my you. creepiest one. No, no, my creepiest one is the, uh, well, another Mezco one is that the nun, living oh, dead doll. God. Yeah. I love that thing. And then I couldn't. And then I had to turn her around in my in my <laughs> office because my daughters freak out whenever they see her. But I love that thing because it's like the face, just oh, those eyes and the muck around the eyes and everything. It's, it's awesome. Thank you, Russ, so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, Eric, David, thank you. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.